Robots don't really pick up our trash. Actual human beings pick up our trash. You're listening to the first part of the first episode of the first season of Our Shared Field, where we bring artists into conversation with people from outside of the arts. I'm your host, Austin Camille, and I'll be releasing each conversation over the course of three weeks as separate segments, two individual interviews followed by a group conversation. Stay tuned to hear how our guests find and create connections. On this first episode, I'll be speaking to Terrell Hagler, a sanitation worker and activist from North Philadelphia, also known as Yafave Trashman on Instagram. Next time, I'll be speaking to Amzie Emmons, a Philadelphia-based printmaker and teacher whose work often deals with the discarded objects found on the streets of this city. I begin by talking to Terrell about his activism on behalf of the sanitation department during the COVID-19 pandemic, alongside the things he finds in people's trash cans and his plan to clean up Philadelphia. My name is Terrell Hegler. I am from North Philadelphia, and I am a sanitation worker for the Streets Department of Philadelphia. I've been working for the sanitation department for a little bit over a year. I applied for the job in 2017, and I was on a waiting list for two years. And then around September or October of 2019, I got the call asking if I still wanted the job. And I was like, yeah, a, a, a job with the city, who says no? So that's how I became a sanitation worker. What does an average day on the job look like for you? A genuine day as a sanitation worker here in the city of Philadelphia. We report to our supervisors by 6.45, 7 to get our assignment for the day. We get paired with a partner and a driver if we don't already have a permanent one. We're on the route by 7.10 in the morning, and we start right away uh, collecting the waste and picking everything up. And around 11 o'clock, we usually take like a 15-minute break, and we get right back to it, and we're done by 3 p.m. We probably cover almost, I want to say, maybe between 25 to 35 blocks. Uh, My pacer says I'm averaging about 35 to 40,000 steps a day. We're lifting anywhere between 50 and 100 pounds every other block. And then at the end of the day, we should have at least 18 tons of waste uh, that we have collected in the truck. Because when you go to the dump, you get the truck weighed. So we we usually average around 18 tons of waste every single day. That's Uh, a lot. (laughs) uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then at three o'clock, you you know, we we leave, we clock out. Um, I am usually exhausted depending on the day. Um, Some blocks are heavier than others, but uh, you got to take really good care of your body as a sanitation worker. Are Are there certain things about it that are really enjoyable? It depends on your mindset. The way I attack it is there's never going to be the same pile every day. Mm. You're not on the same route every day because, you know, different people have different trash days. Uh So you you make it what you can make it. You know, you get to know the residents on certain blocks. So you look forward to speaking to them once a week. You kind of make it what you make it. That's how I handle it. And you, I mean, you just got to find the joy in it. You know, there's always 
crazy things that happen. The truck break down. You might have some wildlife in the trash cans. <laughs> <laughs> Has that happened to you? <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, I've had my gosh. anything from possums oh, my to God. rats to, ma- to like maggots on steroids to raccoons. In the cans, you, you, you know, if those <laughs> those those curveballs, as I call them, make the job really interesting. And yeah. you never know, you know, Forrest Gump said it best. You, you know, it's like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're <laughs> going to get. Um, so I hadn't realized also that you end up being on different routes. So are you able to get to know people on your route at all? Or Yeah, yeah. I mean, when it comes to the route and getting to know people, you, if you're doing the same, because like every Monday you do the same route, every Tuesday you do the same route, every Wednesday. So you get to start to see faces. You Sometimes they're outside. Sometimes they need extra help. Sometimes they're this, that. So you, over time, you start to make a relationship with the residents and they start to, you know, they start getting a feel for when you're coming. You know, mm-hmm. you might hit this block every week at 1030. So they might come outside and so you do kind of build a rapport and a relationship with the resident. That's got to be really nice because I'm yeah. sure otherwise you're like just kind of getting to know people through the trash that they leave behind. So exactly. Yeah. So I'm sure it's kind of nice to be able to put a face to that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before you really started the work that you're doing, um, you know, advocating for the sanitation department, what, what were the first couple of months like, like when the pandemic hit? And I guess like how, how, how soon into the pandemic did you realize, wow, I need to do something because we're not being advocated for, you know, something needs to happen. So the pandemic started in March. <laughs> I was only three months on the job. So yeah. <laughs> up, up until then, I thought I had a handle on everything. (laughs) But uh, once the pandemic hit, there there wasn't enough information to us as sanitation workers on how it affected people, who who was catching it. We're collecting the trash. So if someone has COVID and they're home quarantining and they're coughing and sneezing into tissues and napkins, where does those tissues and napkins go? And the trash. And, you know, we weren't getting a list from anybody like, by the way, you have 10 houses on your route that have tested positive. So around June, the number of sanitation workers that had tested positive was around 250, 300. Oh, my God. That's a lot of people. Yeah. So that's what kind of propelled me and, you know, convinced me that I had to make my Instagram because a lot of reports were coming out. I saw a lot of articles saying it was the trash man fault. We had that huge, we were like four, five days behind. Trash men are just taking off, you know, work abuse, all this stuff. And I was like, the mm-hmm. public doesn't know. Actually, 300 of us have tested positive. Mm-hmm. And there's there's only 200 people to a yard. So that's almost a yard and a half that's not wow. working right now. Wow. You know? Yeah. So. I, that's when I started the Instagram. That's when I started posting. That's when I started telling people what was going on. And my initial plan was to just shift the narrative on what people were saying about sanitation workers and why the trash delays were so bad. Mm-hmm. And then once I saw, um, you know, I only expected to have 500 followers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. expect it to go like viral, but yeah. I just wanted to give people an inside look. And then I noticed people were asking questions and things. So I was like, no, let me give the people what they want. And I started giving real-time, up-to-date, 
trash updates on the delays and where we were and what day we're on. And so it just kind of coincided. And, you know, the Enquirer did a story, then Good Morning America, the article. And then that night I was on Worldwide News with David Muir. And then <laughs> it just, Philly Magazine did an article, then Technically, and then it just... It just kept on rolling. Then, you know, I, I joined Kelly Clarkson and then <laughs> just kind of. My next guest is Instagram's most popular sanitation worker, known in Philadelphia as your fave trash man. This guy is doing it all to help clean up Philadelphia and keep his colleagues safe while doing so. Terrell Hagler from Philadelphia, the essential worker who says all of your thank yous matter. Philadelphia sanitation worker who's going well beyond his job. And, you know, and I always stay true to my, to, to me and to, you know, to say I'm going to be transparent, I'm going to be authentic, and I'm going to give people exactly how I'm feeling. I'm going to always update them on the trash, let them know where we're at. Just because I think there was a, a, a lack of communication and a, I want to say a lack of understanding on how important sanitation was until mm. we had those trash delays. We were dealing with, you know, hazardous things before Corona even happened. Mm -hmm. Corona just happened to be a spotlight on sanitation when we had that big rainstorm that stopped operation. And then we had, we were already three days behind. And I think I became a liaison between the public and the department where as people were really angry kind of shifted that into just grace and understanding mm. that, oh, it's really not the sanitation worker's fault. It's actually just life. It's actually just <laughs> Corona. It's actually just being a human being. And then I just started to see, you know, how, imp how impactful I was. So I was like, hey, let's keep this train rolling. You know, so towards the end of the year, you know, we had the huge food insecurity. So I was mm. like, hey, want to use my platform and see if you can have a food drive. So my first food drive, we fed 1,500 families. That's phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm always using my voice, always speaking into the universe, you know, what I believe could be possible that can happen. And it just kind of, you know, has just snowballed into this huge platform where, you know, I got the blue check from Instagram and got, you <laughs> That's know, official. <laughs> yeah, you know, I got 22,000.6 followers and, and now I'm launching this project and this pilot with state representative Jared Solomon this Saturday. You know, I'm asking for volunteers. I got corporate sponsorship from T-Mobile and GoPuff, wow. um, a Kesmic Bagel, a local bagel shop, and uh -huh. Honest Tea. So it's just like, I'm going. I, this is what I want to shift into. It's a bigger picture to me. It's advocating for Philadelphia as a whole. If we can attack the cleanliness of Philadelphia, we can attack gun violence, we can attack the, the food insecurity, we can, we can attack education. We can really get back on our feet and be the great city that I know we can be. But I think it starts with people caring enough to clean the city. And once I get their attention with cleaning the city, you know, we can shift into other things. So that's where I'm shifting my focus. As, as I always want to fight for sanitation. We deserve hazardous pay. We deserve to be deemed essential. We deserve raises. We deserve better wages. You know, I'm always going to punch that home. But right parallel to that, Philadelphia deserves to be clean. And 
the mm-hmm. Philadelphia deserved to have its education funded by the city and have arts programs funded by the city. And we need to stop building prisons and build more schools. And so that's where your fave trashman wants to and will shift parallel to sanitation, the focus. Mm, Yeah, you will. I have no doubt. (laughs) You know, after I started following you on Instagram, one of the first things I wanted to tell you is how good you are at reminding people that all of the pieces of a city are connected. You know, you have posts about voting, about the opioid crisis, about supporting more Black-owned businesses, about fighting for better wages, all alongside talking about sanitation. Where does the shift to affect change um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in all of these spaces actually start for you? I appreciate the kind words. And and I've I've really realized it starts with voter registration. Mm. It starts with people who are in the trenches, as I say, with me, Mm. being registered to vote and then using that vote to place people who understand the trenches into positions of changing how things are. If I can use my voice like this for sanitation, imagine Mm. what every single person in Philadelphia could use their vote Mm. for a candidate that understands the issues. We don't want a candidate that's going to talk about the issues. We need a candidate that's been through the issues and actually has an understanding of the issues. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to say you understand something from the outside in. But it's a different thing when you've been in the situation and you had to fight your way out and solve the problem yourself. Mm -hmm. So we can get a bunch of people like that. I think the city would be on its up and up. I know that the problem's not going to be fixed overnight, Mm -hmm. but my agenda is just to start the conversation. Even if the conversation goes beyond my power, because it's not just a Philadelphia issue. Sanitation Mm -hmm. is a nationwide issue. Why do you think it's taken something as awful as the pandemic to decide that sanitation workers are actually essential? You look on TV and see everyone praising nurses and environmental service and food mm. service and the and the cashier at the grocery store and you're like I'm taking trash from I'm a part of all of y'all I literally pick up from every single person and but sanitation is always left out of the conversations and then to answer the question about wh- why it took something for covid to happen mm. I th- I think it's because without covid we wouldn't have as many eyes as 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 we had yeah because because everybody was home when we had our trash delays, people actually saw what it looked like to have 25 bags of trash in front of their house. And then I always use this analogy when people say, you know, well, we got to give it to the first responders first and EMTs and doctors and nurses. Imagine your mother have a heart attack and you call the ambulance and the ambulance gets to your house, but they got to go through 30 bags of trash first mm. to get to you. Do you not think that time could be well used getting your mother to the hospital versus getting trash out the way. Mm, I'd never thought about that ever. That's exactly. Yeah. So no one ever does. Yeah. No one ever does. But if that, if that pile of trash is there, you lose vital time in saving a life versus people are so just accustomed to making, having the trash going and everything, but they don't think about the human being that's picking it up. 
what they're going through emotionally, physically, mentally, mm-hmm. spiritually, the physical tax and the emotional tax of just the job alone, walking and all types of weather, rain, sleep, hail, snow, mm-hmm. gusty winds. You know, they don't think about all the, the the toxins and the dangerous things that we deal with in the truck, outside the truck, wildlife, all of that while trying to maintain a smile, be professional, you don't, then you, I didn't even talk about when people improperly put the trash out. They don't tie the bags. You go to grab the bag, it's open, it ripped. Now you got trash everywhere and now you're responsible to clean it up. Mm. Or you have, you have stuff in recycle bins that's not recyclable and stuff in trash that's recyclable. Or somebody puts a mattress out, but they don't understand that it has to be fully wrapped in plastic, three, 360 degrees around for you to take it. So now they want to argue with you. They want to fight, maybe. Mm-hmm. We've had, I've had, Co-workers get guns pulled out on them. Oh, my the God. Route. Yeah. So these are all things that no normal person ever thought about when it came to their sanitation worker, mm-hmm. I believe, until I started talking about them on the Instagram. And, you know, other sanitation workers just became more comfortable sharing their story. And it's like, wow, robots don't really pick up our trash. Yeah. Actual, <laughs> actual human beings. Uh-huh. Actual human beings pick up our trash and we should be grateful and thankful and have grace and understanding when they're late and just show them love. Just love on them. That's what mm. I say. Just just love on your sanitation worker. It's, it's deeply needed. I think that is a really, really important part of the project that you've undertaken. It is so humanizing. Yeah. It's just like a, a reality check, you know, yeah. that, you know, that we're human beings. We deal with things. We have families. We have kids and everything. You know, we got to figure out where our kids are going because mm. school was shut down. But we got to go to work. We got to figure out babysitting. In the middle of the pandemic, I couldn't see my kids for six weeks because oh. we didn't know what was going on. Oh, that's hard. That's really you awful. Know? Exactly. So I had to meet their mom in a car and talk to my kids through a mirror. Try explaining that to my mm. three-year-old who's used to hugging and coming to visit daddy every weekend and now she can. And so, you know, th- that's that was the, the breaking point for me when I was like, something has to be done. So it's all those things that, you know, someone who may not be in our position would take for granted of... You know, not thinking that we're dealing with the same exact things that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. If you want to support Terrell and his efforts on behalf of the sanitation department, he shared some information for you here. Please follow me on Instagram, underscore Y-A-F-A-V trash man. My merch is still on the website, yourfavetrashman.com slash shop. A portion of all the money goes to the PPE fund to continually stay stocked up on cleaning supplies and PPE for sanitation workers. If anybody knows or has any connections to city council or to the mayor and can set up a meeting or a talk where I can get in front of them and talk about this trash epidemic along with the coronavirus epidemic would be wonderful. (laughs) If you want to hear from our next guest who will be sharing a conversation with Terrell, join us next week on Our Shared Field to meet artist Amzie Emmons. Our Shared Field doesn't end at the recorded audio. There will be pieces of art and projects and more conversations that result from this single meeting. 
You can learn more about the guests and follow these after effects on our website, chat.squarespace.com. Music for this episode is by Jim Strong, a Philadelphia local whose pieces featured here have been created using invented and found instruments from trash and other objects. You can check out more of his work on our website. Again, that's chat.squarespace.com. Thank you to the Center for Humanities at Temple University for hosting this podcast and to Eric Carbonara and Nada Sound Studios for audio editing. Our shared field is recorded in North Philadelphia on the ancestral lands of the Leni Lenape people, whose presence and resilience in Pennsylvania continues to this day. Until next time, I'm Austin Camille. Thank you for listening to Our Shared Field.